Hello and welcome to Elite Rugby Banter. I'm your host Matt and as usual I'm joined by Ben. Hi there Ben. Hello Matt, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. And you know what, as alarm, as it's becoming alarmingly usual, we're also joined by absolutely no one else and it's just the two of us again. Yeah, um, frankly um, I'm disappointed in both our, both our co-hosts. Neither of them listened to the pod, so... Yes, it's so calling them out here is pointless. Yeah. Phil and Ant well, might bring least... it up in the WhatsApp group. For them. <laughs> yeah. at, least, at least Alex, at least Alex listens while we're recording, which is one one better than Adam. Yeah, no, Adam but... just phases out or goes to kill a cat or something at some point. <laughs> yeah, or cook some shitty pasta. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, but but yeah, both of them double booked pod night. I was wondering why they. I was wondering why they're pushing so hard to do a dream the afternoon today. Yeah, it's also Adam just kept the it's my mom's birthday very under wraps until yeah, and then six twenty, and then Alex as well. six twenty. Like, like what was? How was he hoping to wangle out of that? Like, and then Alex at like six thirty. Like, oh yeah, um, my folks are also here, so I guess I'm also out. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, as usual, too the two reliable people you know? yeah. so in that sense i did actually spend 10 minutes setting up a quick little run order for us so that it'll run smoothly at least because i wasn't sure who i was going to get matt you've just been crushing your left run and center today huh? no big big day today good day um speaking of crushing it though let's i want to start with the rainbow cup because uh, i feel like there's a lot of a lot of twists and turns in the, the week of the rainbow cup so firstly there was the, there was to be the Stormers and Lions match, which was cancelled because a bunch of your boys tested positive for COVID. Which yeah, uh, I think all but ensured that the result rested on the Sharks Bulls game, then right, which essentially would become like a final, even though it wasn't. It's like the end of the group stage or pool stage. Yeah, but then the Sharks have to win by like quite a margin as well. Yeah, I think that's the Sharks the... point and uh, and uh, like. They basically the needed point, to do exactly point. what the Crusaders had to do, I think, very similarly. Like they, yeah, needed they, the... they were playing the Bulls and the Crusaders were playing the Rebels. So. And still somehow flubbed it. But yeah, we'll get to that later. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, Stormish, Stormers Lions game cancelled. I think it was d- declared nil-nil draw, which is fair. And then... Was it declared a nil-nil draw? I thought, it, I thought Stormers got the point. Did they? I don't know. I just, the article I saw was cancelled, so I assume when they say cancelled, it's... No, no, I, I think uh, they've actually changed it. So now the Storm has got the points because the Lions uh, got the COVID. Okay. So you know, just to rub salt with your COVID and you lose the points. Yeah, no, that's what you get for not not, not socially distancing. Um, so in the lead up to the, the, uh, the Sharks-Bulls game, which is a story which came out, I think, after the game, but it's such an interesting story about the Sharks props. So... Apparently, all the squads decided anyone who got sort of named in the box squad would be rested. And a lot of guys had rested players here and there, sort of preemptively for the announcement of the box squad and all that. But the Sharks had not rested uh, Ox and Thomas the Toy yet. And they were going to get rested for this game against the Bulls and so forth. But then their replacements... What is it? There, I think their replacements got injured. There's yeah, replacements got injured as well as other options getting COVID, sort of close contact scares and needed to isolate and so forth. So the Sharks then asked for like special dispensation to play Ox and Thomas, which the Lions said it's fine, the Stormers well, the, said the... it's fine, Saru said we're not weighing in on this. It's up to the franchises. And the bull said no. Um, okay, okay, listen. As circumstances aside, I can feel the bulls might have felt quite ambushed by this in a way. No, definitely. I mean, because, because you know, it's one of these things where it's sort of you, you look like a dick if you don't do it. But. You know, but the Sharks have actually put you in this position where it's basically, a, it's a no-win situation to, for the Bulls. Yeah. It's, you either look like a dick or you play a different team to the one you anticipated playing against. 
Yeah. And if they if they agreed on those rules, you've got to follow those rules. Like, you know, you're a professional rugby team. Fucking make a plan. Yeah. Like, you you know, this this isn't fucking, uh, you know, Corsair's League or whatever. Like, the Sharks literally probably have access to 30 loose heads, 30 tight heads if they want. Through all their, you know, through all their systems or whatever. So, no, no like, I... Like, I know it's sort of being um, presented as, oh, Jake White, what a prick, like, blah, blah, blah. But uh, to be honest, I, I don't I don't really see it that way. I, I see the Sharks were trying to take advantage of the circumstances. Let's say that. No, fair enough, I hear you. But, yeah, so... Yeah. Oh, no, but, but obviously there, there is the other side of it, which is maybe how you feel. No, no look, I... I just, I think you raise a very good point on the Bulls. I just sort of... Now, seeing as the Sharks have signed every player I enjoy and care about, I have a soft spot for them somehow. Hopefully that hardens soon. But yeah, um, so like Mkunu, who played for the Sharks, I think he just came back from like a six week in, six weeks of not playing in an injury and had to then go to the full 80 minutes as well in this match. So like, you kind of feel for the guys who did play, but at the same time... And yeah, the thing is, he he didn't have to go the, the full eighty minutes. Yeah, they, they could have got on... some other prop. Granted, no, he, he might he might not have been at the, the the level they wanted, but they definitely there was no need to play him for no, the No, definitely, and I think you make a very good point, and I really don't decry it. It's just it's such a fun story. Like it's such a it's such a good sort of like yeah, no, niggly media story. I, I think I think what they what they called it is, is like a, it's like a social ambush. I think. Yeah. We, you, where you know they put you in like a no they they, they talked about it with um what was it oh with uh, you know when uh, people catch a baseball and then then uh, a kid comes and asks for the baseball yes okay yeah and then like you know it's a complete no win because you either look like a, you keep your baseball but you look like or you give the baseball to to the kid, you know, you maybe get a little clap or whatever, but yeah. you don't get the fucking ba- like, Yeah, I know exactly what you mean, yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the, the, the rugby equivalent of that, I feel, and <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of happy the Sharks didn't get their way on that. No, fair enough. Um, so there is one side that looked at, took one look at this story and decided they better show up their reserves, and that's Newcastle, and they've signed two props in the last five days. I don't know if they're any good or anything, I just thought it's funny coincidence that this happened and then Newcastle was like, no, Jesus Christ, we need to sign props at, at a mean speed. So the two props they've signed are Richard Paul from Paul Freeman from Worcester Warriors and Connor Kenny from Connacht. Just thought I'd throw Con- that out. Connor Kenny. Connor Kenny. Name. Solid name, especially from Connacht. Yeah. yeah it's, got, it's got it all going on. Yeah, so un- completely unrelated except that, you know, a team signed two props when another team desperately needed props. Yeah, maybe those were the two the Sharks were after and Jake White gave them some Masepe money to quickly <laughs> sign them to take them out of the Sharks' radar. <laughs> very, very likely. Um, also, so yeah. other weird circumstances that happened this weekend, these segues, um, was uh, the Bayon Barrett's promotion game for from French D2 ended at 6-6 draw so went to penalty shootouts which I think is the coolest shit in a long time because fuck when last have you heard of a rugby match going to penalty shootouts yeah. oh no it's cool because that's after full there's got to be full um, 20 minutes of injury yeah, like, yeah well. there's extra time and all that Oaks are time, yeah. haggard and it's also, it's not just the same cat, I think, that kicks. I think everyone's got to, like, you, like with football, you li- I've yeah, been looking for rules. It's like a football one. Like, you, you, you like line up once guy. you've kicked, you, you're out. Yeah, you line up several guys. Because I know the winning kick for, is it, oh, Christ, I'm going to speak out of turn. I can't remember. I think it's Barretts. Barretts, the winning kick for them was essentially yeah, was, their eighth man. It was Stefan Armitage. Well, yeah. he's an eighth man. Yeah. And where he's built like a prop. Like, yeah, no, you absolute unit. But, yeah, but, yeah. but it's pretty, it's pretty simple though, because it's a straight kick on the twenty-two. Yeah. But I think it's just nerves really that it's, it's just messing with us. Yeah, and I mean also just exhaustion, I'm sure, because I wonder like if cat, like props who came off, 
at say half time, like just after half time, if they're allowed to count to play or not, or if it's only the guys, the fifteen player from the fifteen yeah, players who were on I, the field. Yeah, because I know, I know, in, I know in football, your penalty takers have to finish, have to be on the field at the end of the year. Because yeah. I know sometimes they like, you know, if it's like ninety third minute, they'll just like take it and they have like two strikers left on the bench. They'll put them both on just, yeah, just to so. have more good penalty takers. Yeah, fair enough. But yeah, uh, no. do 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 you want to do you want to hear my idea of how they should tie break rugby games? Go for it. One on one. So basically, just... basically, yeah. The one player stands at halfway, and the other player stands on the try line between the poles, and the one on halfway has to try score. Sounds like an the, excellent idea. Then they reverse positions. I think I think that would be so fun. I think they should do it in actually all sports. That whenever there needs a tiebreaker, like football, they should do it. Hockey, uh, hockey. I think they. I think ice hockey penalties have this similar concept. I think so. Yeah, I think they've got that. Yeah. Golf. I oh, know. Just stand on the end of field, fireballs at each other. <laughs> first one to take a hit. Yeah. yeah. First one to take a hit off. But yeah. yeah. Uh, Especially like a hundred meters away with a golf ball, you could kill it. Okay. I've checked. Yeah, because I've seen. I was watching. What was it? I think it was the. What's the one where it's like America versus technically the rest of the world? Which one's that? President's Cup uh, or something? The Ryder Cup. Is that the Ryder Cup? Oh, no, the pre- President's Cup. Sorry. Yeah. Cause, uh, sorry, Ryder Cup's America, Europe. Yeah. President's Cup is America. Yeah, President's Cup. Europe. I watched that, Washington, that yeah. once. And there, someone shanked it fucking awful and like went into the crowd and like hit a woman on the leg and just broke skin. And immediately I was like, Jesus Christ, the sport is rough. <laughs> Was travel. Yeah. Anyway, um, speaking of obscure rules like penalty shootouts, there's another one here for you. And actually, it's probably a good idea that we've got you and not Adam as a non-playing podcast host. Adam's not here. So, RFU is looking to introduce tackle height rules for age grade age grade rugby for the 2021-22 season. So. Basically, they're going to enforce the nipple height tackle tackle rule, except they've, for I suppose Israel for Laos sake, changed it from nipple height to an imaginary line between the but, two armpits. Okay, yeah, that, that's good because I really think it was actually a good idea, but as soon as they brought the nipple height thing into it, like it actually it just it makes it absurd. Kind of, yeah, so, which is, I mean, if yeah. you look, if you sort of sit there now and feel where your nipples are and where this imaginary line between your two armpits are six of one, half a dozen of the other. So, yeah. so, so, so the jerseys, I assume, would have some sort of line. It's not I a bad know. idea. Like, just have, like, a different colored shoulder panel or something. Yeah. So apparently they've been doing it in the lower ages and all that. And because of what happened now with COVID and no one playing for it yet, essentially everyone playing under 18 and 19 with this new rule will have brought brought this rule up from the lower grades as well. It's not bad. I do. I do think it is something you have to almost. So there. You. Yeah. So you have to kind of put it into age group rugby slowly, mm-hmm. slowly, because I, I think it's quite unfair to expect someone to just relearn their whole sort of. Yeah. Okay. Obviously, ideally, you shouldn't ever be kind of up around that high tackling, but. Yeah. You so, know what I mean. Obviously, the technique will vary slightly if. Because mm. now, basically. Because you want to give yourself a margin of error. So I'm guessing you don't really want to hit anything above the stomach now. Yeah. So I know you, you're sort of by ducking, you often bring up by ducking down low your head sort of in knee striking area. But the reason that they're citing for this particular style of tackling is to avoid, and I quote here, avoid two heads entering the same airspace. So they, so this, cares less about one head getting knocked as both heads getting knocked. Uh, well, I, I do kind of feel head on head is the... Like the worst case scenario. Worst case. Because head on shoulder, you know, you, we, we see it quite a lot, to be honest. Yeah, and I we mean, seldom see, you know, a big injury from it. Like, normally the guy goes away, but comes back. Yeah. No, definitely. No. So, yeah, that's just thought I'd bring that up and have a no, nice no, little reserve chat yeah. about that. So it, we see, it, see... it would be quite interesting because can you? I'm just trying to think if you can put your head lower than your armpits. 
Oh, to dip down. You could put, drop your head. I mean, I'm not... You know, like, so you can sort of put your head between your knees if you want, which I assume is lower than your armpits. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, if you sort of dip down your head, you can sort of get it down. Yeah, I don't know. You've got to, but you've got to put your head in such an awkward position, you're going to get hurt anyway, even if they don't hit your head, to get your head yeah. down. Yeah, it's, it's kind of what us, uh, I, we say quite a lot, that the, the war carrier also has to take some awareness of their own safety. Yeah, like, I think, yeah, sort of, the only time where, like, you can sort of forgive a ball carrier is, like, when they get absolutely blindsided in, like, a hospital pass or something. Like bloody uh, who got your uh, Rob Valentini or Scott Gregory? Yeah, yeah, no, he got fucking destroyed. Um, yeah, from there, I mean, I feel like this is very much obscure rules the podcast tonight because the next one I want to bring up is Fekitao and Tamani who are looking to get their or Lopetti Tamani rather, not the not the other one, um, looking to get qualify for the Tongan national side by playing se- playing Olympic sevens qualifier, which was this weekend, I think. Did they play this weekend? I didn't even check. Yeah, so they haven't... So Tamani has Australian in, caps? Yeah, he's got Australian caps. So they're and for them, actually. So it's, Fuketi. Fuketi has New Zealand caps. Yeah, so Fuketi has like... Does he? Yeah, he does. He's got like 24, which I feel like is too many to be doing this switch. Fekita. And then, so there's two others. There's Afusipa Tawamua Pua, who is a Tasman winger. And, oh, no, no, he's a sevens player, sorry. So he's a sevens player who wants to play for Tonga now. And then, so he's, he's played sevens for what, Australia? Australia, yeah. And then Tima Fangu, Fayanganuku, sorry. Tima Fayanganuku is also a New Zealand sevens player. So those okay. two also wanted to so switch sides. And funnily enough, someone else who didn't manage to play this tournament, Charles Pieta, is apparently also pushing to switch over. And he apparently can do it if Tonga now actually qualify for the Olympics because then they'll just put him in the Olympic squad. And by virtue of being in the Olympic squad, it counts. Oh, that is. And so, so what's the... So it's, Five years after having played for another international side, or three years? Five years. Five years, and then, then having the having a passport so for that country. Yeah, obviously you need the, the to qualify yeah. somehow as well. Yeah. I, I assume they all qualify. Yeah, they all qualify. Yeah, they all. Yeah, they all base. Essentially, all the articles refer to them as passport holders. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't. I don't know. Like, like, so think, for me, I. Do you like, like the this idea? This is such a tricky topic. And I, I like the I, idea. Yeah, but I, for guys, unlike Fekita, who has like 24 caps, like he's technically had like a decent all black career. And Pietau as well, I don't, he's also, I feel like he's had a fair few caps he, as well. He did get a lot of caps. He pretty much gave up his caps by going overseas. Yeah, so I feel like, so two players like that who've had a pretty decent career, a solid three or four seasons at international level in a squad i feel like that's unfair but like the cats who are sitting on one or two like they get capped once in an emergency or whatever because you know they're shy of a certain position or whatever that guy picks up a cap like tupavai maybe yeah. If it's like a game against Italy or whatever. Yeah, and they pick up a cap. But two supervise, I think, a bit different. Cause yeah, no, he's... Because he's very young. Yeah, so he's I young. He's, he's probably going to do it. But I'm so, sort of, he's like the most recent example in my mind of... him. He, I, I don't even know if not he not, actually isn't... If he's qualified for anywhere not, else not, outside not, of New Zealand. Not, I just not picked Ray him. Cameron going to go play for Scotland. Or something like that, yeah. Like, someone who's got, like... I almost feel like you need fewer than, like, I almost like to put a number on it also seems arbitrary but like you need at least f- single figure caps it, it, it is a bit because it's cynical I don't know. It's like something... opportunistic maybe yeah. I don't know. but I don't know if it's so opportunistic like game going to play for for Tonga or whatever like I, I think if you play for Tonga it's out, it's out of a genuine yeah, it's a... passion for your country it's, it's a, yeah. a show of 
national pride or whatever. Yeah. But the problem is you set a precedent now. Yeah. So, because now technically Charles Piatau probably qualifies for England. Maybe, yeah. Under the same, under the same concept. Maybe, yeah. And like, like, would we be happy if Charles Piatau going to play for England? Yeah, so there needs to be, I think, strict rules for which countries you're allowed to do it for. Them yeah, as well. well, you should almost only be able to go down, I feel. Yeah, so definitely you can only travel from tier one to tier two. Yeah, but then it's a, it's a funny one because it's also, we've talked about this before, but it's something that is very cool about right? international rugby is the highest level of rugby. Yeah. Like, like the, like it's not just the, because, you know, inter, like international most sports, is like maybe a, not cricket mm-hmm. so much. But, yeah, it's a novel. But generally, team, the, especially the, the, like top, the, top, the top club teams would beat the top international team. Yeah. But um, rugby at school, that the top teams are the international. At the, at the same time, it does kind of give you this thing where it's like, oh, he's such a good player, he deserves an international career, sort of thing. Yeah. When you, you know, that that's not really. You determine the international career if you appropriately nationalize for that. You know, like like people saying like, oh, it would have been such a pity to have Beast play for Zimbabwe, for example. Yeah. And then you like, yes, it would because we wouldn't have got to see as much of Beast. But at the same time, like, just because he's a good rugby player doesn't mean he deserves to play for South Africa. Yeah. Like it's a, you know, it's a, it's an interesting. Yeah, there, there needs to be. Needs to be a way that we can quantify, like, why you should play for a certain national side. Like, what? Like, there needs to be some other form of like. Yeah, just, just lo- logically. Yeah, I, I also think it's too easy to qualify for national side. So I think. Like, you know, one grandparent. Come on, like. Yeah. So I think speaking. Let's move on to some results from this weekend. And speaking from a side that's too easy to qualify and which probably has too many foreign nationals. Japan beat the Sunwolves, 32-17. Played at the same. Played at the same stage. Yeah. The Sunwolves were up 14-3 at halftime, and were dominant still the first sort of 10 minutes of the second half. And then, yeah, they so they played like pure Sunwolves. Uh, just all-out attacking, defense optional, which, uh, like a well-drilled Japanese side, was a kind of confused by that for a little while, and it took them almost a, um, a, a game and why, half a game to, what, to what sort of. What do the Sunwolves do now? So like, that, so they basically got they got reformed essentially like like an Asian barbarian, like a Japanese barbarian side essentially. Oh okay, okay, so so it was just playing under the Sunwolves, the Sunwolves still yeah, like, don't exist. Yeah, it doesn't exist, but they sort of re-existed the whole corporation of the Sunwolves. They played in Sunwolves' kit and all that, and all that. So, like, the side was also largely guys who were most probably knocking on the door of the national squad, or like a good couple of like top stars yeah, from I'm, top league. Yeah, and I'm guessing it got sprinkled with a few. Yeah, it was probably a decent side actually. Yeah, no, it's quite a quite a good little side. Both sides actually, quite a good good showing in the end. No, that that, that Japan Lions game should. Uh, British and Irish Lions game should be a good one, actually. Yeah, Japan Ireland should also be... So, yeah, they're playing British and Irish Lions and Ireland as well. Yeah, well, this is because Ireland without their British and Irish Lions... Like, I feel actually saying that Japan beat Ireland at full strength. Eh? Yeah, at this, at this uh, very stadium. This is the best part, that the stadium that yeah. they played this weekend was the one that they clapped Ireland at. But, but I feel, you know, Ireland without the, the Irish year of world cups yeah. um it would it would be a, it's going to be i think there's going to be uh, even that like i think that usa scotland game might not be bad as well i actually i'm looking forward to that because i think that could be quite interesting to see sort of the runoff from mlr like all those ridiculous gifts we keep finding of like props yeah. making 70 meter intercept tries yeah, like I don't know if those oaks are even American, but, but <laughs> who cares at this um, point? Actually, it was a Guild Cronies player, so he's probably Australian. Yeah, definitely not. But like Scott, because Scott, the way Scotland plays, they rely on some big names yeah. to do a lot of the kind of heavy lifting. Yeah. 
So, like, without those big names, like, you know, I can't imagine Scotland have a huge amount of depth. So it should be interesting. Yeah, no, it's not not, not ideal. And, yeah, other big big matches this weekend was... Um, so Ealing Trailfinders and Saracens played their first leg of their promotion, really. Yeah, Ealing Trailfinders. I, I think that Ealing were confused by the AstroTurf. Yeah, so they lost, they went down 16 nothing to a Saracen side that somehow managed to grab 12, squeeze 12 internationals into it. Yo, how are they? I don't understand because they were in breach of the salary cap. Okay? And they, they've yet to actually fix the salary cap, I'm sure. Because now, they, now they seem to have not released any players. Yeah. But somehow they're fine with the salary cap now? Yeah. I'm a bit confused. And I mean, I'm looking now, it's, it's hilarious. Like the headlines are like, Saracens take huge step towards premiership with emphatic win over Ealing. I'm like, it's not a huge step. It's a huge step that they ended up in the championship. Like, it's... Yeah, the, it's step, a return. the step down is big. The step yeah. up is small. Yeah, the step up is them. That is what you expect. You shouldn't be calling it a huge. And the coach is saying things like, oh, he lives for important matches like these. When Or not the coach, the... No, it's like the one up. It's like the club run owner or whatever. McCall, he's not the coach. He's whatever. He's director of rugby, most probably, or something. Speaking about Farrell in that game. Oh, but I, I think they gave... Generally, the championship has given Saracens a bit of a bloody nose because I think their, their intention was to just run out a, a, like a development side. And then that development side got eaten a good few times, and now they so yeah, now they, they have to field twelve fucking internationals, including. Yeah, they don't British think they realise like, oh, oh, fuck, like. Um, but I'm, uh, to be honest, I guess it's a it's a weird thing. But it's I'm also more. Yeah. I'm surprised Gatlin and Eddie Jones sort of let that slide. Like I'm I also, would say, no, fucking don't risk injury on these Oaks for this nothing game. Like, I also want to point out that. I think it's almost more blood on the Saracens' nose that they had to resort to like making sure that they're gonna that they're gonna get promoted by fielding a fucking field half a squad of international players and so like fielding the best team they could possibly get together. Yeah, well, I, I think I think it's a, it's a two part thing. Yeah. So, yeah, so they, I'm, I'm guessing next week they're going to not field them. Yeah, because now they've got like a 60-point like, cushion to work Yeah, in. so now they've got like a 60-point buffer. So as long as they don't lose by 60, they're all right. Yeah. Um, well, maybe Bobby DeVue will step up next weekend. God, that that would be stuff. Of, if Ealing Trailfinders <laughs> win... By like 61, I will, I will yeah, buy yeah. an Ealing Trailfinders jersey. I'll buy the rights and make a movie about that. Like. Yeah. Uh, who do we cast as Owen Farrell? Like, who do we cast as the biggest shit? Like the kid from Game of Thrones. Uh, Joffrey. Joffrey, yeah, we cast him as Owen Farrell. Yeah. But yeah, no, um, a little bit more news before I think we move on, move on, is so, sort of in vain of the Saracens that somehow the Sharks are becoming the Saracens of South Africa. With Bongi sort of opening up about his sort of choice, his decision to move from Cape Town to Durban, saying no, his, his, there were even a lot of lucrative international options, but he had to look sort of further than just his rugby career. And a team like playing for like a franchise like the Sharks, they empower and equip their players to, you know, go on with the future. And also to be noted that Bongi is starting a concrete business with his current agent as his partner. So I don't know if we, we're going to start seeing a lot of more like Kutsia Incorporated or whatever as well popping up in Durban as well now. No, like, like I have, um, I have seen it like a lot of guys, while we were talking about CJ, CJ Sanders fire pits the other day. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, you know, like a lot of guys, a lot of guys seem to start up something where they, I guess they try leverage uh, leverage a bit off their their sort of brand power with the intention of, you know, that's going to kind of be their, their, you know, their retirement plan. Yeah, and I suppose, I mean, concrete's an excellent one for Bongi. I don't think sort of 
him and yeah. the idea of concrete being yeah. so tough like i feel like the two are perfect like much like beast going into security yeah no they are um for, but yeah, by all reports um beast is quite a savvy businessman i don't yeah. know about bonky I, I wish him the best in this, in this enterprise so. yeah um, how much concrete is needed i'm sure a lot yeah, concrete's a growth industry. I mean, because as long as there's building, there's concrete. Is there building though? Right now, I don't think so. But I think for him to get into the concrete game now is not a bad idea. Yeah, I was getting a bit of experience now, and then hopefully uh, the economy picks up. Yeah. yeah. So, Bog, Boggy, you want to come to Mauritius? They've just thrown out a huge amount of tax incentives to encourage building. There we you go. Come, come pour some concrete. That sounds like an excellent idea. Um, yeah. So, the last bit of news is the Wallabies got, but I think let's have a look at the trans the last round of Trans Tasman ma- matches before the final. Just quickly, just mention them, and then we, you and I, can do our favourite thing, is, and that is look at a squad. Yeah, joy. The two most qualified individuals Ooh, on, the, on this podcast to look at. We, we should totally, we should totally pick the starting fifteen, Matt. Okay, I mean, I would pick the. I would pick the 11 uncapped players just because <laughs> I care that much about Australia. Um, so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Uh, first game of the weekend was Taj Chiefs. Or am I reading this backwards? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Taj Chiefs, I think, was... Last game, yeah. So Reds, for, Reds Hurricanes. I read it, I'm reading this list backwards. It doesn't have dates. It's just got them. So, yeah, yeah, Reds Canes. It was. It was. It was a pity the Reds came off the boil so hard. I really thought they'd have some momentum and hopefully take one from the Canes. Yeah, like the Reds are really like I don't know if they just. Because I I feel. Because it wasn't even like they were playing with a a weaker squad or anything. Yeah, like it was well, a full full strength side and everything. I, I feel looking back on the Reds season. It was definitely a mistake to send that weekend team the first week. Yeah. Because it just seems to have just killed all their momentum. Most mm, probably. And then, because um, I would say man on man, the, the Reds had a better side than the Canes, which you can tell them say when, a, yeah. when an Australian team plays a New Zealand team. Yeah. And the Reds, the Reds scrum was hurting the Cane scrum as well at the least in the first half mm. so yeah but I don't know but even the scoreline in a way flattened the Cane but in a way it also flattened the Reds because the Canes literally knocked the ball over the line I think three times yeah yeah there was definitely that early one I remember yeah but there were three in the first half eh? yeah Christ yeah <sighs> I mean, I think the news didn't get much better for Australia. So the next one was do or die for the Highlanders versus the Brumbies, where the, they needed a bonus point win to secure, not I don't know, secure is probably the wrong word, but to sort of be in contention for the finals. Yeah, they, they definitely need, well, under the assumption that Crusaders were going to dick on the Rebels, yeah. which is a fair assumption. Yeah, so they had to basically they had to get the bonus point, but then also try get their points difference as high as, as possible. possible. Yeah, so ultimately yeah. thirty three twelve to the Brumbies. I missed this game sadly, but I think it would have been a fun one to watch. No, no, it was. Um, yeah, it was the the Canes were in control. Aaron Smith is you know, he's playing well at the moment. Yeah. Oh my, he's actually got great banter and he's become like, I don't know, like if, if Sam Kane's injured, I would think Make about him, him for, all, for all black captain, genuinely. But, um, yeah. Yeah, nine, but the problem with the nine is captain, then you've got zero yeah, ref management because then your captain is the guy who the ref is most yeah, upset with as well. Yeah, but maybe, like he's taken the responsibility of... Yeah, because he's co-captain, you know, isn't he, with Dixon normally? Yeah, but he's a good he's a good captain of the Highland. Yeah, but maybe, maybe they need to come to a similar arrangement. But oh no, I know I think he's like he's making the difference in that Highlander team. No, he definitely isn't. I think so. 
ultimately beginning of the season they were talking about how they can prolong his career so that he can see the next World Cup because they're eyeing that out and part of that was having a youngster like uh, Fakatava playing with him so that they could rotate and share as many minutes as possible without having too much impact on uh, on weakening nine for the Highlanders. So that was working well up until Fakatava got a season-ending yeah, injury. Sure. Yeah, and then they obviously didn't have a second. Yeah, then they obviously don't have yeah, a spare world-class nine. To... Well, they say air and a spare. Hey? Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, proud proud of the proud of the the Highlanders like. They definitely have less resource, well, player resources than the Blues and the Crusaders, but they've shown they can. Yeah. I don't Did know if finish... is the right word, but they, they've shown they can dick on Aussie teams just as easily. Where did they finish Aotearoa, by the way? I can't even remember. Was it fourth? I think it was fourth, yeah. Shit. Yeah, because I think it was Chiefs, Saders, Blues, Highlanders, Hurricane. Yeah, shit. And to do that to get then end up in the final, nice. Was it say this either way? Yeah, yeah, it was. Either way. Um, but yeah, like they they've done well and good on them. Yeah. And yeah, the Brumbies. I guess the Brumbies had a lot less to pay for in this game. Let's say that because. Yeah, they really. You know, playing playing for essentially pride and to play spoiler versus playing for a place in the final is, you know, that's not really comparable. Yeah. But yeah. Rob Valentini, as I have said earlier, smoked um, Scott Gregory. Yeah. So, probably the highlight of, of rugby season. Yeah, so I think it's a draft pick for next season, Valentini. Fuck, he's always just that 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 player that 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 never actually gives good returns. Remember how highly rated he was at one point. Yeah, like I, I feel like he's going to be one of those players where. You get tricked into signing just, him constantly. Yeah, where they, he just sort of never kicks on. Yeah. Like almost like a, I, I feel I'm putting I put him in a similar kind of category in my mind to like Jordan, Ulysses, Ono, mm-hmm. or Ono uh, Augustus. Um, yeah. There was just like so much noise at at like a junior level, but just can't just never capitalized to. I almost want to say yeah, the adult Sofa, game. Sofa, Moa, um, Ooh, don't you know let what Birdlock I mean? Like, you say that. Actually, yeah, Moa has done really well against Australian yeah. Um but, but yeah, like I just feel I feel it's going to be one of these players. Oh, it's like Kerwin and Bosch as well. Mm. You you always kind of view him as a youngster. Yeah. Like you know, oh, 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 we're waiting for him to crack on, and then next thing we know, he's going to be like 28. And we What's like, this like, Mac Mason? So basically, you're describing Mac Mason. Yeah, no, Mac Mason obviously has less potential, but. But I mean, you, you're describing how the Australian media yeah. discusses him constantly. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that, that, that's what because Rob Benantini is what 24 now. I think so, I yeah. Let me have a look. Let's have a look, Rob. Yeah, I think I spelled his name wrong, but hopefully it pops up. Let's move on because I think we're starting to get into the area that we're not that um, discussing games. Um, next one is the do or die match for the Crusaders, who, thanks to the Highlanders, needed basically. Do they need the bonus point? I know they needed to win, but no, the, they needed the bonus point, and then they yeah, needed 33 points. points yeah. Which the Rebels, Different yeah, point, the they Rebels. needed a positive 33 points over the Rebels which the Rebels managed to hold on, only letting them skate away to a 26-point lead. So, <laughs> yeah, well done, Rebels. Rebels. <laughs> Fuck, one try away. 26? Yeah, something, but something quite interesting. If you look at the points, four points a game, I yeah. think the Crusaders scored the most points out of any 
team in the tournament. But yeah. then they conceded the most out of all the New Zealand teams. So that's very strange. It feels like I feel like that's the least Crusader sort of thing as well, because I feel like they're very sort of tight and defensive. Yeah, like like that. That's but but maybe I guess it's uh, obviously the Crusaders always played an attacking brand of rugby, but I feel now they play it's more attacking than ever. Like yeah, yeah, I don't know, maybe. But also, they've been struggling at center. They've, I mean, they've been playing essentially the entire Trans-Tasman. They played Fanganuka at center for most of it. I think he played wing this weekend. But he pretty much played for most of it. He played center because of injuries and that. So they're playing like an 11 at 13. Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe that is a that is a factor. I guess we'd have to we'd have to sort of analyze. Yeah, we'd need where they're where they're conceding points or whatever, but. Yeah. It, it, it is quite interesting that actually it's not their point scoring ability that effectively mean they didn't make the meant they didn't make the final. It was their yeah. points conceded. Yeah, it's their defensive. So then we've got to kind of congratulate the Rebels on clawing up twenty six points against them. Yeah, but but not so much that because most teams were putting on a fair number of points. They were just outscoring teams they weren't really what did the rebels put on them out of curiosity ach not the rebels the tars because i remember the tars were just because the tars also for f- as bad as they yeah, were i think i think the tars it was like 44 60 or something yeah i was gonna say as bad as the tars were i, th- I do remember them putting like them as well being a defense optional side did also somehow manage yeah to score like, like the, the tars when scored would actually be quite different or quite interesting like i wonder if they maybe actually scored the most points in the australian conference yeah so the tars oh, we'll, we'll get there sorry i'll get to the tars now in a game or two but let's jump to blues force which i think this one this one i missed but it sounded i don't know i didn't see too much chatter in the group and that's so it felt like it, this was a very boring game or not boring but just Yo, not an interesting this game. was the the blues just needed their bonus point yeah so they just needed essentially a bonus point went to confirm that they were going through side i feel like this was the least on the line for the finals yeah so i think they got that and they moved on but the fourth did all right actually like yeah i'm looking at the I score feel, 31 21 i feel, I feel quite bad because i feel the force were actually playing their their best rugby yeah in the trans tasman i feel if they played this rugby in uh, in uh, AU. AU they would have done alright actually but yeah, oh well. there's next season there's always next season although I don't yeah, know how many of these yeah. players are going to be around next season most of them they look like retirement age yeah, yeah I guess and that, then, Perth, that Perth living's just revitalised them yeah maybe and then the last game of the weekend was the, the alluded to Taj Chiefs where Sean Wan knew he managed What's what's five? It's a, what if two's a brace, three's a hat trick? What the fuck is five? I don't know, like a quin maybe. Like a quin of tries, a quiver of tries. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so this one is the one that I think but, fucks but they, ruined they, they the Tars points difference like that argument because this is the one that only managed seven points this weekend. Yeah, but it's not. How many points did the Chiefs actually score? It wasn't that many. Forty. Oh, 40 points and 25 of them came from one guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm just looking, oh. yeah. No, it's... Yeah, just looking at... The, just looking at the quick, like, ticker tape on the side. It's Sean Wanui, Bryn Gatlin. Sean Wanui, Brett Gantlin. Yellow card, Lachlan Boshier. Marky Mark, Will Harrison. Sean Wanui, Bryn Gatlin. Sean Wanui, Bryn Gatlin. Yellow card, Tupo Vai. <laughs> Try Tom Florence conversion Caleb Trask, red card Lachlan Swinton, and then finally to cap it off Sean Wanui try. I played with a I played with a guy at school. He he played eighth man when we were under fifteen or maybe under sixteen. Yeah. And one game, just out of nowhere, he scored four tries. But again, like I think, you know, I think the team scored like six tries and he scored four of them. Yeah. But after the game, we were. He was like, you know what? I don't even feel like I played that well. Yeah, like, he just he was just, in the right place the whole time. He just happened to 
you know, take the last pass a few times. And then I think one, he did, he made like an eighth man break and their flank was just like, we just got like enough of a wheel on the scrum that it was pretty much just sort of carried the scrum off of the line sort of thing. Yeah. Like, but yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird thing sometimes. Like you, you don't actually need to play that well to score a try. Yeah. You just have to be, it's in the right place at the right time. And especially for a wing, because that's kind of your job. Oh, yeah, that, that is your, this is your, and to be honest, it's a bit of a skill try scoring, right? Yeah. But yeah. But yeah, anyway, well done, Sean Wainui. I think, um, I know there was a lot of talk on Twitter about him really sh- shaking up the world of fantasy last minute, like. No, well, none of, so the, in our league, none of us owned him. It's weird. It's weird because I know I know Wakefield loves a bit of wine. That's the thing. That's the thing. So we were like, yeah, we should all like yeah. take a fine for not taking Wanyu. And I was like, yeah, well, Adam there definitely needs to take a double fine because I don't think I've yeah, known a season uh, uh, with se- uh, known a season where Adam's not had Wanyu. Yeah, Adam, the Wanyu to Adam is like Tom English to you, Matt. It's like crack. You can't resist. Yeah, I'm glad Tom English is playing MLR. But the problem is the second we go to MLR, I'm signing Tom English when we play fantasy MLR. <laughs> I think if we played fantasy MLR, like our first like ten picks would all be foreigners. Like no one would even sniff the American guys until. No, 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 no. What's what's that one? Um, the eleven for for the Free Jacks. I just know his nickname, and because of that, I'd take him. The wheelbarrow. Because I feel like that's oh. a solid nickname for a wing. The wheelbarrow. Oh, it inspires enough. completely the wrong image in my mind. For an eleven. Oh. But yeah. Um, let's see. Let's. Um, speaking of the end of Trans Tasman, so Blues, Highlanders of the final, and on the back of that, the Aussie squad was announced. So. Part of the announcement was Michael Hooper is coming back, and uh, what's it? Uh, Tamani is. Uh, it's not Lopetti. I think it's Joe Tamani. Yeah, he's back as the oldest in this. Have you seen that? I think Mitch plotted it. Like um, the comparative ages to minutes played in this squad, and it's abysmal. Like where you know you like where you like to see like a core sort of like older guys in the squad like in the middle of that sort of axis of like minutes played versus age like you kind of want to see like a core of your squad the core of this squad for like is like essentially on the y-axis like for minutes played it's like the middle of the minutes played is like still like solidly on the bottom of the y-axis like the squad is incredibly young yeah, but if you ever go, it's a pity it's against France. Like they could have done with like Ireland or Scotland touring them now. Yeah. But yeah, like France aren't great tourists. Like yeah, you know, you never know. No, no, fair enough. And I don't. Yeah, they might pull it off. So yeah, as I mentioned, there are eleven uncapped names, and it's a squad of forty. 40- 38, not 40, 38. So 38 out of 11, or 11 out of 38 uncapped, actually quite significant. And includes two two hookers that I've I had my eye on this season, Lachlan uh, Lonegan and Filetti K2U. So the force, force hooker, and then Falafa Inga's understudy. I, I don't know, like... But he's also been solid. Like, he's been solid when Fahinga's uh, come off. He is solid. Like, but... I I don't think you should be picking hookers that they've scored eight tries or whatever this season. Well, that's why K2 is there. I don't think he's scored any tries. He's just tackled a hundred men this season. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I hope... I think it's good for South Africa to have a strong Australia. No, definitely. I think this is an idea that you floated regularly on this episode. Yeah, so so I, I hope Australia, um, for I guess my own selfish reasons, pull their pull their socks up and become. Uh, yeah, I'm just looking you now. A bit, a bit of a force to contend with. Yeah. There, there's some there's some good young talent, especially coming out like the Reds and stuff. Yeah, I worry no, a bit just across across the board about their sort of 
their locks, their blind side, their eighth man. Like I just feel that's the position they aren't great at. Yeah. No, I'm just looking. Um, yeah, yeah. I, ho- I hope I hope they they figure it out and start James O'Connor at ten. Like clearly that's the he's, way forward. I feel like he's the only option at ten right now. Him. Yeah. And I would almost argue that for consistency, I'd almost argue that Tate should also be their starting nine. Yeah, um, I just don't know if I, I like Tate. That I think he's probably the best nine in the country, but I don't know if he plays the game Australia wants to play at test level. No, fair enough. But I mean, if he's yeah, I suppose I don't know. We'll see. I'm not a coach. No. It sounds like we're lo- we leading alarmingly into picking a starting fifteen. Yeah, true. Let's stop this now, man. Yeah, let's maybe call it a day then, Ben. Thank you for joining me and listeners. Oh, we're we going to do our last Super Brew. Uh, what's our last? Lo- oh, yes. Highl- so who do you think is going to take it? Highlanders or Blues? Blues. Blues, by how much? Actually, maybe. Who is that in Auckland? I think it's in Auckland, yeah. Let's actually say Highlanders. Give give, give, give full, full of, Rev full up there. Highlanders. Yeah. Highlanders by what? Five. Six. Highlanders by six. Perfect. Cool. I'll jot that down and get it to Adam to put on the account because I don't have that login and I don't want that login. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, Ben, thanks for joining me. Oh, thanks for, you know, your, your undying loyalty, Matt. Yeah. I'll edit this later or tomorrow. We'll see. And yeah, have a good evening. And everyone else, thank you for listening. And maybe one day we'll find co-hosts for Ben and I. Yeah. One day we'll find someone who actually wants to be on a podcast, man. Yeah. Okay. Cheers. Sweet. Cheers, boy. We're good on, eh?